Coming up next on the Podwheels Network, you'll hear The Highway to Hope, the official podcast of the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. This edition of The Highway to Hope will feature an interview with Jerry Seaman, who's part of a select group recently honored by Travel Centers of America as a Citizen Driver of the Year for 2020. Jerry talks to us about his trucking career of nearly 50 years. Here's a preview. I don't have enough words or group of words to even be able to explain to you how neat, awesome, great. It really made my pride in the industry go through the roof. In looking back, what I really thought about is, okay, how did I get to here? Which morphed into, well, where did all these core values come from? Even went to the point of, okay, who stuck those core values so deeply into my life that they've been a part of my life without me consciously thinking about them? The first person asked me, I said, well, I don't know why that's such a big deal. I just got up and went to work every day. Welcome back to The Highway to Hope, the official podcast of the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. Thanks for connecting with us again here on the Podwheels Network. As we mentioned at the top of the podcast, we'll be bringing you an extended interview with professional driver Jerry Seaman. You'll hear what prompted Jerry to begin his driving career at 12 years old on a farm in South Dakota. And you'll also find out what has inspired him to serve as a professional driver for the past 48 years, compiling more than 5 million miles of accident-free, safe driving during his career. In addition to our interview with Jerry, this edition of the SCF Highway to Hope podcast will once again be placing a spotlight on the important work being done every week of the year by the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. And during this podcast, we'll be getting an update from SCF Health and Wellness Manager Julie Dillon on the Driven to be Healthy, Going the Distance Challenge. As always, SCF Director of Philanthropy and Development, Shannon Courier, serves as your host for the Highway to Hope. Shannon is joined on the podcast once again by Greg Thompson, the executive producer of the Podwheels Network. Before Shannon and Greg spoke with Jerry Seaman through a Zoom audio connection for our feature interview, they took a few moments to review some of the most recent news and notes from SCF. As you'll hear, Greg connected with Shannon through Zoom audio. Hello again, everybody. Greg Thompson back with you on the SCF Highway to Hope podcast, joined alongside by Shannon Courier from SCF. And Shannon, we've got a tremendous podcast coming up for folks today. As they heard in the opening, you're going to hear from a 2020 citizen driver, and that is Jerry Seaman. And we've got a lot of other things to share with people. It's great to be back with you on the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be back here as well. We've had a lot of podcasts going out recently because we've had some great information to share, a lot of positive things going on. So we're happy to be able to share it on this platform. We appreciate you partnering with us to do it, Greg. It's just been a lot of fun. We're going to be talking with Jerry Seaman in a couple of minutes, going to share his story with everyone. You won't want to miss this, so stay tuned. Well, Shannon, before we get to Jerry's interview, I wanted to ask you about a couple of news and notes that have come out of SCF. You guys passed a milestone recently. I'd like to talk about it. Yes, we did. We were able to help our 3,000th driver at St. Christopher Fund. That's a huge milestone for us. We have been doing this since 2008, and knowing that we have impacted the lives of 3,000 drivers and their families, it's just an important thing for us. We're always looking to help support drivers, help support what they do out there on the road, encourage healthier driver populations, and then be there for them when they need us most, which of course is when they're experiencing an injury or an illness that takes them off the road. We know when they're not driving, then they're not making any money. 3,000, that is amazing. And when you think about that, as you said, talking about drivers, talking about families, but the effort and the donations that it has taken to be able to help 3,000, it speaks to the entire effort of the organization and the sponsors. It does. We have had great support from day one in donations from drivers. Drivers have been our bread and butter as far as donations go for many, many years. They have kept us afloat and they've always found a way to give back to support their fellow drivers. That says a lot about them. It says a lot about the industry and how drivers view giving somebody the shirt off their back, wanting to help their fellow man and woman behind the wheel. We're happy to be able to be here to accept those donations and do that on their behalf. We've seen over the last several years an increase in in corporate support as well. We have companies that have learned about us that didn't know we were there before. They're like, how did we not know about you? We want to be a part of this. We want to get behind your mission. We want to make sure these highway heroes are taken care of. 
it's just really meant a lot as companies are learning about us, reaching out to us now and saying, how can we be a part of what you do? Everything we do is 100% donation-based. We wouldn't help a single driver with a single penny if it weren't for the generosity of individuals and corporate sponsors. And speaking of driver donations, that brings us to Jerry Seaman. Jerry, as you heard at the top of the podcast, and as we mentioned here in the introduction, is a Citizen Driver of the Year for 2020 through Travel Centers of America. Jerry chose to take the $2,500 as part of the honor of being a citizen driver and donate it to SCF. Plus, he went even a little bit beyond that. He did. So when you accept the Citizen Driver Award, Travel Centers of America donates $2,500 to your charity of choice. Jerry chose St. Christopher Fund, and we are very thankful for that. With that donation, he's going to impact several families and several drivers that are in need. I think that says a lot about him, again, just at the kind of person he is and why he was chosen to be a citizen driver. But on top of that, something else that he did, he went back to his company and he had some saved up vacation, said, I want to take my vacation and I want it paid out and I want to donate that money to St. Christopher Fund. His vacation payout was $1,000 and he donated that $1,000 directly to St. Christopher Fund's. He not only chose us with his Citizen Driver Award, but on his own, he said, this is something I want to do. I want to sacrifice my vacation time, give up some of my vacation time so I can help fellow drivers. So again, it just goes and speaks to the kind of man and the kind of driver that Jerry Seaman is. Well, Shannon, speaking of Jerry, let's take a listen to our interview with Citizen Driver of the Year for 2020, Jerry Seaman. We want to welcome Jerry Seaman into the SCF Highway to Hope podcast. Jerry, it's great to have you here today. I'm happy to be here. And I'm going to ask my very first question. I just have to say, those of you that are listening, Jerry's pretty well known from what I understand, but a lot of people know you as Skimpy and not as Jerry. So my first question is, because I'm always interested how people got their handles. Tell us about Skimpy. Where did that come from? I have six brothers. Just about all of them are bigger than I am. Early on, they looked at me and said, you're kind of a skimpy character, and my older brother, Tiny, he latched right onto that, so I've been that ever since. Why is it that older, biggest brother's always called Tiny? (laughs) (laughs) Skimpy one of the group, huh? Yep. How funny, because you don't look short at all in the pictures I've seen. Well, I'm not short, and that's part of where I come from. Gotcha. I never had to worry about being the toughest guy, because the bigger ones were always tougher than I was. All right. So that's how we got Skimpy. I'm sure you pop into some radio stations and that kind of thing. If you hear Skimpy, this is who you're talking to. You're talking to Jerry Seaman. We read the article, of course, that Travel Centers of America put out announcing your selection as a citizen driver for 2020. Notes that you first started driving a truck when you were 12 years old. The first question that came to mind there is, what kind of truck does a 12-year-old in South Dakota drive? A GMC with a 16-foot box on. It was a six-cylinder, I can tell you that. Interesting thing is it had a vacuum two-speed. Don't hear them much anymore. I can't say that I know what a vacuum two-speed is. I know what a box truck is. Okay, a vacuum two-speed is the rear ends were two-speed. Later on, they became electric, but the first ones were vacuum. It used a vacuum off of the motor to switch the gears. Interesting. So was it difficult to drive as a 12-year-old, or did you just jump in that thing and take off? I can't remember it being difficult, but I've been around mechanics and airplanes and trucks and pickups and all that stuff my whole life, so it was just a progression. Just part of everyday life, and you just got in and did it. Yep. I like that story. Tell us how you got involved in trucking. What was the initial attraction to trucking? What inspired you to get involved in this industry and stay in this industry for all these years? Well, Dad had trucks. He was an elevator manager, and he had grain to move, so the next move was trucking And from a small town of about 800 people. They had livestock to move, so the next thing I knew, we had livestock trailers. People in small towns, they filled the void that was there, and that's what we were. We were in a small town, and we filled the void. If there wasn't somebody of age to do it, the kids had to do it. When you got six boys, you got to keep them out of trouble somehow. That's right. you got a basketball team right there. Y'all can do a lot of work. We were more football-sized. 
linebacker size? Yeah, most yeah. of them were offensive linemen. Now in South Dakota, they have eight-man football, so you guys almost had an entire team with your siblings there. We played nine-man football, and I went my whole high school career, all four years, and we never lost a football game. In fact, that record still stands in South Dakota today. Wow. Oh, wow. That's impressive. So what position did you play? I was a middle linebacker. Okay. But you weren't skimpy, though. You can't be skimpy and play a middle linebacker. Well, I was 240 pounds, but if you <laughs> compare that to Tiny and Jar and the rest of them, I was small. They were 300. Okay. <laughs> you know, they grow on big out there. They do. Absolutely. <laughs> I can give you a run for your money on that. I grew up, I was a cheerleader, but I also played softball. All of our years in softball that we played, we never lost a game. Pretty awesome feeling. It is, but when you're going through it, you don't notice it. Later on, and you look back, and it's just like, oh, my, we really did do something back then. That's right. Right. That's an impressive feat. Well, Jerry, looking back on your career in trucking, you've been with Stans for about 40 years. How did you find Stans, first of all, and what has inspired you to stay with a company for that length of time? Because, you know, in this industry, it can be musical chairs, but for some folks like you, you find a place and you stay there. So what is it about Stans that you like? When I first went to Stans, I was hauling cattle at that time for a guy up in Huron. Stans is down in Alpena, and I knew he had stuff to go year-round. My daughter was about two or three years old. We were down there for some of my wife's family. We were having an auction. I got bored at the auction, so I took my daughter, and we went down to the elevator, and <laughs> I sat my daughter up on the counter, and Stan and I got to talking. The next Monday morning, I went down and went to work with Stan. Notice I said with Stan, because that was the thing that was unique about Stan's. Stan was a feed salesman, and he believed that if you sold your dream, your team would work to that goal and beyond, and it would be different than anywhere else. He definitely was a people person, and he collected some of the neatest people there were around. He sold us on the dream, and it's amazing what we accomplished in all those years there. And I know your role kind of expanded over the years. Can you talk about that? Because you are more than a driver with Stan's. I was an owner-operator leased to him. Stan really wanted us to dream, but he wanted us to dream practically and prudently. In other words, you better check your positive parts once, but you better check all the negatives twice. If it really fit the dream and it was something that would pay the bills, we would go for it. At the time, we had a lot of grain trailers and went from pulling one grain trailer to pulling a 21-foot pump behind it because we had more to move than what we could get moved, and that was a way we could do it efficiently. You became creative and came up with new ideas and new ways to do things. As long as you could prove them out that they were all right, he was right in there with you to help it grow and get going. It was phenomenal from where we came to the elevator part. He sold out because the big guys couldn't compete with us, and he ended up selling that for a great amount of money. And then we got more over into reefers and stuff, and that even grew till the point where pretty much said, either you got to come in the office or i got to hire somebody else to come in the office. I never got rid of my truck, but I went in the office and run the trucking division for him. You've seen it from all angles then. Yeah, really really have. I guess I view it different because all the ideas and the one-liners that my dad put in my head, I've got a chance to prove most all of them. Most of them were dead on. I'm very, very fortunate. In 40 years in this industry, you've seen a ton of changes. What's been the hardest change that you've experienced? And then what's been the most welcome change? Hardest change is more regulations and rules all the time. And I don't mean that in a bad way because, in my opinion, those of us in trucking have forced the government at times to do that. Not that I think they did it properly all the time, but they were forced to do it. They made driving trucks easier in some ways, but it's still all about the person behind the wheel. They can put all the gadgets and the technology on a truck they want, but it still isn't any better than the person in the seat making the decisions. Well, and that leads us to one of the key points that jumped out immediately to us when we read the Citizen Driver article. You've driven over 5 million, and I'm knocking on wood here, 5 million accident-free miles. You have that to your credit. What is your philosophy regarding safety? And if you would, can you share your top three safety tips? It all starts before you ever get in the truck. 
And anybody that knows me will tell you my motto is free trip, free trip, free trip. Because if you don't have a truck that's capable of stopping when you have to, that'll go when you need it to, that's going to break down on the road, you shouldn't even leave the yard with it. The other thing is we all get to learn from mistakes. My dad taught me don't make the same mistake twice. Learn from it the first time. He also taught me learn from the mistakes of others. You can't live long enough to make them all yourself. You've got to constantly be learning, whether you're learning the patterns of the people around you or learning the patterns that are not safe in certain areas or reactions to people, whether they're driving in dry roads or in wet roads. It's just constantly changing and you've got to constantly keep up with it. If you leave your mind somewhere else, you're going to get in trouble. So you've got to start by looking at your equipment. Pay attention to what's going on around you and never quit thinking ahead of where you're at. Most of us don't think far enough ahead of where our vehicle's at. That's true. You need to be proactive instead of reactive. Correct. Jerry, as I'm listening to what you shared, it's really a philosophy. It's an awareness. It's a constant vigilance about safety. So if you had to boil it down to one thing, what has been your secret to staying safe over 5 million miles? Just be really, really aware of what's going on around you and how it's changing. Keep looking down the road way ahead of you. Don't get to looking too close because it gets to you and you don't have time to react. From what I'm hearing you say, it's not just the mile that you're on, but it's the next mile, right? Correct. On top of what you've accomplished on the road, 5 million accident-free miles, that is a huge accomplishment. There's not many people, I don't think, that have that distinguishing characteristic as a driver. Congratulations again. You have actually competed in what are essentially safety competitions in the South Dakota Truck Driving Championships and the National Driving Championships. Can you tell us about those? What's been your experience there and what inspired you to want to compete at the state level? South Dakota had a little deal in their truck driving championships for a number of years that if you were an owner-operator, you couldn't compete. I mean, I saw it as a very worthwhile thing, and so I wanted to be involved in it to help it get better and to help our drivers get better. I got involved in it, and then they finally changed the rules so I could compete. So I competed the first year and was blown away by how good I did. But I've stayed involved in it. Even when I was in the office, I was involved in it. Kind of worked with a bunch of the drivers that I had that were interested in it and got them involved in it to the point where, being I won everything the first year, South Dakota has what we call the Champions Club. And so if you've won, you're in this club. And the whole deal is before they go to nationals, we take a weekend and we go and practice. Perfect practice makes perfect. If you're around people that are really trying to be safe, you can pick up tips everywhere. And it's just a really good deal to rub perfection up against perfection and everybody gets better. So that's what it does to the point that now I set up a course that we drive through to try to get better. Anybody that's a rookie that makes it, we really try to get them prepared to go to nationals. Besides the time you get to spend with good drivers, which when we're out here running up and down the road, you might get to eat a meal, but that's about it. That way we get a weekend. I think it's really been quite a deal for South Dakota. And look at this program. It makes everybody better. And we're not ever going to get more safety if we don't all get better and try to spread it around to the people to get better. Well, you mentioned the Nationals. I had the opportunity to go to the Nationals. Our Pod Wheels Network did, and we covered the Nationals and watched this, which is really the Super Bowl of safety. And you mentioned there's a collection of the top drivers in the country in terms of safety, awareness, the competition there and the problems that you face in those driving courses are some that are just really amazing. Can you talk about that experience of going to the Nationals and what that was like for you? Well, the first year that I went, when I walked in, I was just like, what in the world am I doing here? I knew some of the names of some of the guys and I walked into a room and there was five of them that I knew really well. I got to be friends with a guy from Texas that has been back to Nationals a number of times. We were both rookies. We sat there at our desk side by side and looked at each other and said, what in the world are we doing here? We're never going to compete with those guys. About the time you get over that, then some of them are talking to you. And if you got questions, they answer the questions and they try to help you out. The cream is at the top, but it's trying to bring some more of the milk up. It's just an awesome thing to go there. You look at the puzzles and you say, oh, I don't know how I'm going to figure out how to do this and how to do that. It's just like you do in everyday life. You got to figure it out. And you try to figure it out as best you can. And if you make a mistake, you learn from it. 
the feeling of helping everybody else get better is just nothing greater than helping somebody get better in life with you. I love seeing the camaraderie between drivers. I love it when they come together and help each other and support each other. It's a competition, but you want to see your peers do well also. And if you found something that worked well, then you share that knowledge. Like you said, iron sharpens iron. Everybody wants to bring everybody up and be better drivers, better in the industry, just better people all around. It sounds like there's a lot of that going on when you have the opportunity to go to these competitions. Yeah, very much so. It's an odd man out that isn't that way. That's what was so neat about it. From my experience of being up there, one of the great moments, and I hope you were able to do it, on Saturday they have a grand march of all the participants, all the folks that have been there are competing. They walk through and they all get announced and it's just a real amazing thing. And as you said, the camaraderie that happens at that <laughs> event is unlike anything I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't know of any other way or place that anything in our industry happens like that. I really don't. You're listening to the Pod Wheels Network presentation of The Highway to Hope, the official podcast of the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. The St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund is a charity that helps over-the-road and regional truck drivers and their families when an illness or injury occurring within the last year has caused them to be out of work. SCF is also working to provide programs, including health and wellness initiatives, that are designed to benefit professional drivers and the trucking industry. If you are a professional truck driver or a family member of a driver who's in need of assistance following an illness or injury, please visit the organization's website at truckersfund.org. That's truckersfund.org. Over its history, the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund has raised more than $3 million through the generous support of donations by corporate sponsors, groups, and countless individuals who are part of the trucking community at large. As the country continues to deal with the COVID-19 national emergency, the need for assistance for professional drivers and their families has never been greater. SCF is continually working to grow its donor base, and you might be able to help in the effort to pay it forward through SCF. If you are interested in becoming a supporter of the work done by SCF, please visit truckersfund.org and click on the Donate button. Visit truckersfund.org and consider making a donation today. Now let's go back to the Highway to Hope podcast on the Podwheels Network. Here's Shannon Courier, the Director of Philanthropy and Development for the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund, and Greg Thompson, the Executive Producer of the Podwheels Network. Hello again, everybody, and thanks for continuing to ride with us on the SCF Highway to Hope podcast. We appreciate you guys making us part of your day. Shannon Courier and I are back to bring you the rest of our feature interview with Jerry Seaman, who, as you know through our discussion, is part of a very select group honored in 2020 by Travel Centers of America as a Citizen Driver of the Year. And Jerry, as we get back into our conversation, one of the other things that we noticed in your career is that you've been involved with Special Olympics. And I've had the opportunity to participate in one of the ride-alongs up in Minnesota about three years ago ago was really an amazing experience for me to be able to talk to some of the drivers that participated in it and the athletes. Can you talk to us about how you got involved in Special Olympics with you and your wife doing that and the ride-along experience with the athletes? One of my brothers has cerebral palsy. So I knew a bunch of the athletes that are in Special Olympics. I also knew it was a good cause that I wanted to be part of. When I heard that they were putting the first one together, I wasn't one of the three people that went and got our state director to okay on it and to sign off on so they could get the permit and everything. But then when we got there that day, it was so disorganized that I ended up getting the trucks lined up and all that. That has been my role in it every year since then is I get the route set up. I get the trucks all parked, get them in and out. It's so fun to get the trucks all lined up, watch the athletes come in, and most of them will go through the trucks before they ever go to the building for the morning meeting, and we'll try to figure out which truck they want to ride in. Then we bring them out after the meeting, and they get in the trucks and everything and get ready to go. To watch the athletes and they're talking to their driver out in front of the truck and most of them can't stand still and they're wiggling and squirming and some of them even just bouncing straight up and down just to get ready to go and then to watch them get all lined up to go out and to watch the smiles and all their faces and the energy they have it's just amazing thing and there's a lot of horn honking that happens on those days too it is just a really cool deal yeah it really is every kid's different i mean the second year I went, I had two athletes with me. 
And, of course, we honked the horn the whole way around, and we got back in the lot and parked the truck. And I shut the truck off and took the key, and they wanted to honk the horn, and I wouldn't let them honk the horn when we're going. I got out of the truck and took my key to go line up trucks, and I said, just blow the horn till it won't blow anymore. <laughs> and they drained the air tank before they got out of the truck. Oh, what an awesome day for them, though. I saw those two boys a number of times over the years. One day in downtown Sioux Falls, Matt spotted me across the street, and when he hollered, I looked up, it was him. And he was coming across the street, and I thought for sure he might get run over, but he had to come across the street to get a hug. And it's just, yeah, the connection gets so strong that it's unbelievable. Yeah, you left an impression on them, and I'm sure they left an impression on you as well. Oh, very much so. Any driver that I know that's come to the convoy for Special Olympics and has taken an athlete along, first of all, you're going to see a relationship between them and the athlete. But second of all, you're going to see them come back just about year after year after year. There's got to be something major when they don't show up. It's time to go check to see what happened to that driver. We started at our convoy. When somebody dies, we even do a ceremony because we know not only did that family lose a driver, but we also have athletes that lost somebody that they got a big personal relationship with. Right. Wow. So if you've never participated in Special Olympics, definitely something you would encourage drivers to be a part of. Go find a convoy and let's show off our industry for what it really is good. And it'll make somebody else's day and make yours. Tell us about when you first learned that you had been selected as a Citizen Driver Award for 2020. What was that experience like? What was your thought, your feeling when you got notified? I got notified. I can tell you today I was west of Chicago. What I cannot tell you is whether I was on an I-88 or I-80. I can't even tell you whether I went around the north side of the Quad Cities or through the middle of the Quad Cities. All I can tell you is... I happened to notice the trucks at the I-80 truck stop along the interstate, and it dawned on me that when I left Chicago, I was going to have a grilled pork chop there. I know I called my wife, and I know I called citizen driver Marty Ellis. The only other thing I remember is Marty told me I had to give a speech. (laughs) (laughs) I know, Marty. It is funny. Marty is a good friend. After you won, I had gotten your information to reach out to you to do the podcast and Marty message. And he said, hey, have you reached out to Jerry? I said, as a matter of fact, I have. (laughs) He was going to make sure that we were going to get an opportunity to talk with you. He was going to make that connection if I had not already. Marty's a really good person. I kind of volunteered him to come help at our convoy. We were missing somebody in management. It was an area that I really wasn't comfortable in, but I know he was. So I kind of worked him over till he said he would, and he's been a part of our convoy ever since. From what I'm hearing, Jerry, when you first heard the news, it really made an impression on you. It pretty much knocked your compass off for the day. Is that kind of what happened? Knowing that you now are going to hold what is a Heisman Trophy for trucking, the Citizen Driver Award. It sounds like it made that kind of an impact on you immediately from learning about it. Yeah, it really did. It knocked me off base. In looking back, what I really thought about is, okay, how did I get to here? Which morphed into, well, where did all these core values come from? Even went to the point of, okay, who stuck those core values so deeply into my life that they've been a part of my life without me consciously thinking about them? Because you're just kind of doing your job, right? And doing it the way that you think it should be done. Yeah, the first person asked me, I said, well, I don't know why that's such a big deal. I just got up and went to work every day. In some ways, it's kind of like when you think about Cal Ripken's consecutive game streak in baseball. And really, when you look at it, he just went to work every day. But it was much more than that. So you've talked to us about your philosophy about safety, about your approach to trucking, and knowing that trucking is more than just driving, as you've talked about Special Olympics, getting involved in the driving championships and all the other things and working in the office and mentoring people. It encompasses a ton of things in my view, looking at that and having read about other citizen drivers and knowing a couple myself, you are 
right there with them. Because when you look at Citizen Drivers, Shannon, really kind of the Mount Rushmore of trucking, right? It really is. It really is a testimony to not just the kind of driver that somebody is, but the kind of person that they are. They look for people that are giving back to their communities, people that are giving back to their industry, people that are willing to share their knowledge. It's ingrained in who they are to be a kind, giving, supportive person. And I think most people, like Jerry, don't think about purposely doing this every day. It's just who they are. And so that's one awesome thing about this award is it's just really a recognition for being an awesome person in your industry, in everyday life, in support of things going on in your industry. I just think it's a great testament. And the list as long and distinguished uh, citizen drivers, I'm sure it's an honor to be given this award and know that it is by talking with Jerry. And for us, one of the benefits being selected as a citizen driver is Travel Centers of America donates $2,500 to a charity of the citizen driver's choice. Jerry chose to have his $2,500 donated to St. Christopher Fund, and we greatly appreciate that. And of course, that's just another testament of him wanting to give back to support fellow drivers that are in need because of an injury or illness. Jerry, tell us what your connection to St. Christopher Fund was from the beginning. How did you learn about us and what made you want to donate this particular $2,500 to us? I can remember the morning listening to Dave Nemo on the radio and them kind of hashing this all up about what they thought it would be and everything. And I've kind of watched it over the years some and then the place that I chose for my truck stop used to be a coffee cup. It's now a TA Express. It's owned and operated by Tom Hines. Tom Hines got involved in St. Christopher's Fund because one of the drivers that stopped there was having cancer problems and he needed some help and Tom wanted to help him and got him hooked together with St. Christopher's Fund, which led to Tom finding out about it and Tom being the individual like he is, he got on the board, he's helped it make it better. The culmination of the road that St. Christopher's Fund's done, and on top of that, it's the only charity I know that helps truck drivers. And you don't have to be in this industry very long to realize this is a tough industry. A lot of times the bad things happen when they're not home. So somebody's got to help take care of them. And if we don't take care of our own, we sure aren't doing a very good job of helping our industry. And that's what got me involved, keeps me involved. I think it's one of the greatest things we got going. And the more I learn about it, it's just a great, great benefit to people on the road. And it does things that nobody else is going to do for us. And we appreciate that. There's not a whole lot of support for drivers out there. And we're proud to be able to do what we can do. And we always want to be able to do more. I think it's awesome that you have a connection to Tom Himes. He's such an awesome man, such a kind and giving man. I remember when he came to us and the driver that he came to us with, I think that says a lot about Tom, too. He's very hands-on at his locations. There are several drivers, I'm sure more than I know, that know him personally. And so when this particular driver was diagnosed with cancer, Tom was very affected by that and tried to figure out, what can I do to help? He came across St. Christopher Fund, and he called us and said, how do I make a donation to support this gentleman? And that gentleman did actually end up passing away. We have maintained some contact with his wife since then. He made a very strong impression on us at St. Christopher as well. I think it's pretty special that you chose one of the coffee cup locations, now TA Express locations, because of your connection with the owner. I think that says a lot about Tom and how he runs his business. He really wants to be connected with the drivers that are coming into his facilities. And so that's always exciting to see. And Jay, I wanted to ask you about that. Have they done the naming ceremony yet, or is that to come? So talk to us a little bit about that, about having this truck stop that's going to be named after you. It took place last Saturday. Some of the really bad air from down south made it that far up into South Dakota. So instead of being outside in the tent, we were inside the building and did it. Tom's wife, Jane, loves a good party. We had quite a party. I've been asked since and said, so what can you say about it? My reply is, I don't have enough words or group of words to even be able to explain to you how neat, awesome, great it was. It really made my pride in the industry go through the roof. 
the way that people treated me, the people that found out about it through word of mouth and just showed up, how Tom and Jane put it on. It was a simple ceremony, but very emotional. Didn't last a long, long time, which was good. Was still very meaningful. It was as awesome as getting Citizen Driver. The other thing is, out front, they put a bronze. They unveiled it while I was there and everything and took pictures. And then I got called to do something else. Later that day, my daughter and my wife said, did you really look at the bronze? And I said, well, yeah, I looked at it. And my wife said, you know, I felt the skin on the bronze and the hair on the bronze. And she said, it feels just like yours. Really kind of blew me away. I can't wait to see the bronze again because I'm going to feel it. Think about that, Jerry. When you were a 12-year-old kid and you got into that truck for the first time and you started driving, could you even imagine that all of this could have happened and that you would have a truck stop named after you? I couldn't even have imagined it five years ago. I can remember the first time I walked into the York, Nebraska Plaza and Charlie Endorf's picture was up and I read it and I thought, wow, that's amazing. Then when Marty Ellis got his, when we went over to Rogers, it still wasn't on my view at all. That's other people. I am never, ever thought I was at that category. And I think that's what's so awesome about so many people in this industry, but especially these Citizen Driver Award winners. That's how you probably all think. You think, that would never be me. I'm nothing special. I just do my job every day and try to be the best person I can be. And so I think it's just awesome that Travel Centers of America does this and highlights the special people that we have in this industry. I think the other citizen drivers that I know of, they don't think they're somebody special. They're just people like me that got up and went to work. I didn't realize that till I got here, and that does make them a little different. Jerry, who nominated you for this award? Do you know? Marty Ellis. You talk about paying it forward. You know, here's somebody who is in the club and he's recognizing somebody who needs to be there. That's a pretty cool thing. And you've referenced Marty a couple of times during this conversation. He's a close friend. I cherish his friendship because we don't see everything from the same angle. We see things differently, but yet we can hash them over and talk about them. And we learn from each other all the time. And and that's what makes things good in the world, because not everybody's got all the right ideas. So for the first conversation that you and Marty had after you learned that you are part of the club, what was that like? I don't remember, except for he told me I had to give a speech, and the reason he told me that is he knew how bad I dreaded that. <laughs> that's probably why he nominated you, so you'd have to give a speech. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it gave me quite a compliment afterwards. He said, that was a whale of a speech. He said, you had us laughing, you almost had us crying. And he said, there was not a sound made the whole time while you gave it. And I said, well, I never really noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> so see, you're a better speaker than you thought you were. Yeah. So you've had about a week to process the experience of seeing the truck stop named after you and going through all that. As you back away from it, what are your thoughts now about this entire experience? You know, I got a picture from a friend of mine that owns a trucking company. He's a part-time photographer. He took a bunch of pictures while they're there, and he sent them to me. One of them is my grandson standing on the step of my truck because he finally was old enough to ride in the truck with me. Now, he had to wait to ride in a truck to the age that I drove the truck. So we left the motel up in Sioux Falls to drive down there. And as we went out of the motel and up over the interstate and then headed down the ramp, all he did was look the whole time and had the biggest smile on his face. And then as we drove down the interstate down to the truck stop, it was looking, questions, or a big smile the whole way. That's just the way the whole day turned out. He tells me about what his mom remembers from riding with me and some of the things that she did. And he's trying to do the same thing, like go under the overpass and try to look up at it as it goes by because she used to stand next to the windshield in the cab over and watch it where the view was different and everything. He's very technical. He could explain some technical things of how my truck was doing it with what he calls social distancing. It's got collision mitigation on it. He called it social distancing, <laughs> which is yes. really weird for this time of year. Yeah, you know, exactly, But that's yeah. really how it works. It measures it and slows down and speeds up and everything. Mm -hmm. And like I said, that hour of driving down there and then the whole day was just like that. It was such a rush. 
constantly still rewinding it in my mind to try to get gathered in everything that I would like to remember forever and ever. Well, I think that's pretty cool that you said your grandson is around the age that you were when you got aboard the truck. So in a way, that whole day kind of brought your life and your career full circle and you were able to really focus and enjoy a lot of aspects of your life and what you accomplished and that truck stop and having your name on it and now being citizen driver that's something that's going to last forever so that had to be something again that just a real full circle moment for you and as you said something you're really going to be carrying forward with you for the rest of your life it's going to be quite a day to ever find another one that would measure anywhere close to it I think it's an awesome legacy to leave for your family, your kids, your grandkids, for them to see you honored like this. You didn't go out and do like this big heroic thing. You didn't save somebody's life or something like that. It's recognition just for being a hard worker, being an honest worker, being a safe worker, and being a good person, wanting to share the knowledge that you have with others in the industry and build other people up. So it's really just an honor for being at the core of who you are. And I just think that's such a great legacy for a 12-year-old grandson to see. I think that's awesome. And I think it's going to take a little bit of time for you to process it all, but I'm glad you've got some pictures. You'll have some time to sit down and really think about it, and you'll have things hit you as you're driving along. I'm just really excited for you, Jerry, and I just say congratulations again. It's a great honor, and I'm so happy to hear the story of not just your career, but of your life. We sure do appreciate you taking time to come on with us and share it. Thank you for the opportunity, and thank you for being such a great thing for the trucking industry. I just hope people will take the time to learn what St. Christopher's Fund really is and how it works and all of the great people that are involved in it. We do too. We thank you for that. Thank you for your support. It means a lot to us and it means a lot to your fellow drivers as well. Continued safe travels, Jerry. I will try every foot of (laughs) the way. (laughs) You need another five million, right? (laughs) I don't know if I got that much life in me, but as long as I'm enjoying it. That's Jerry Seaman, Citizen Driver of the Year. And Shannon, it was a tremendous conversation we had with Jerry. Just one of those people that you want to spend all day with. He is. He's so easy to talk to, and he seems like such a genuine person. And I was so looking forward to this. I read the article, so I had an overview idea of who he was. And I was really looking forward to learning more in detail about just him as a person. And so it sounds like, again, there's another great candidate was chosen for this awesome Citizen Driver Award. We so appreciate him taking time to come in there. And if you all don't know Jerry, you're going to want to spend some time with him if you come across him. So be on the lookout on the road out there. One of the folks that Jerry mentioned was Marty. And I know Marty's been involved with SCF for a long time. He's an ambassador for your new health challenge. And I know you wanted to give us an update on that. Yes, Marty Ellis is a friend of St. Christopher and has been for a while now. We all know Marty. So what an honor to be able to nominate a friend of his and then see that friend chosen. So now they're in the club together, which is awesome. It tells you what kind of person Marty Ellis is as well. Marty is also involved with St. Christopher and he became one of our ambassadors for our health challenge that's currently going on. So he gave us a great segue into talking and welcoming in Julie Dillon back with us to give us an update on the health challenge. This was like our first initial week to see who wanted to be involved and who was really plugged in. But we wanted to let Julie give us an update on how this first week went, how many people we have involved, and just what the feedback has been, what it looks like in the Facebook group. So Julie, we we want the lowdown on how this first week went. Hey, thank you so much for having me on here. This has been a fantastic, busy, exhausting week for the first week of the challenge and I say that in all good positive ways. We have 85 people that had registered for the challenge. I was hoping to get at least 50 but we ended up having 85 people and a lot of those people have been engaged daily in the Facebook group. Most of our communication has taken place via the Facebook group. Either Hope or myself have been on every day live discussing different basics of good nutrition and good health because this challenge is focused on whole body health. It's not just about the food. 
It's not just about the exercise or what we call movement. It's the whole body, which encompasses more than just movement and food. So each day we've been talking about different subjects. We have seen so much engagement. It takes, believe it or not, to go through every post. There have been so many people posting, and this is a good problem to have. It takes a couple of hours every day just to go through and comment and read through all of those and see what people are doing. They have been so engaged, and it is so encouraging to see that. And I'm excited to move on to the next step. You've mentioned Hope, and I'll just remind folks, that's Hope Zavara, who's the co-founder of Mother Trucker Yoga. You guys have been taking turns being on Facebook. How's that engagement gone? It has had a huge success. People have been posting all kinds of pictures of what they've been eating for the day, how they've been exercising. When one person seems to be having somewhat of a down day, we saw a huge influx of people and a lot of things happening on days one, two, and three. Yesterday, it kind of started to wane just a little bit. Some people were feeling down and getting onto themselves about because they didn't do as much as they thought they should be doing. And that's where we saw people in the group step up. Not only were Hope and I trying to offer encouragement, so many people in the group were stepping up saying, hey, you've seen a lot of change. You've done a lot in the last few days. It's not over for you. You just start over again tomorrow. Keep participating. That's what this group is all about, is being able to teach, empower, and encourage each other. During the month of July, we had two podcasts that were dedicated to the challenge. And at the time, talking about how to organize it, how it was going to work. Going into this first week, it sounds like what's happening is that it is exceeding your expectations of what you thought it was going to be. Can you talk about that a little bit? In a way, it has exceeded my expectations, but we went into this challenge with really high expectations. I know that we have put a lot of ourselves into this challenge and put all of our heart and soul into it because I would not teach it if I didn't believe it. I would not participate if I didn't believe and am fully engaged wholeheartedly in what we're doing. So I had high expectations, but people have exceeded my expectations in their responses and their participation. It is so encouraging just to give you an example of what a few people have said. There was a person that just posted yesterday and said, I can't remember the last time I drank water, but I drank two bottles of water today. I walked, I have fruits, I have vegetables. I know it doesn't seem like much, but it's a really big change for me. That is life-changing for that person. And to know that you play just a little small part in that, it is super rewarding. As we're recording this, we've completed the first week. So what's next for the challenge? What's going to happen in August? All the people that have registered for the challenge and have been participating, they will be getting a form this weekend, a short little check the box, fill out form to say that they've been participating and to let us know that they want to continue on over the next four weeks alongside us. And starting Monday, we will be going into what we call the meet. This first week was just the basics, just getting their feet wet. The next four weeks, we're going to focus on each of those elements that we talked about in our earlier podcast, being nutrition and water and sleep and movement, you know, those things that are vital to have a thriving life and not just a surviving life. Over the next four weeks, we'll be going into those and really honing in on why it's so important that you drink your water and what it does to the body and go into a little more of the science and in depth a little more on those things so that people understand that we're not just telling you to do something because it's good for you. We're explaining why it's good for you. So that's what the next four weeks are going to show everybody. I'm just really looking forward to sharing what we know and empowering them to make good choices. Inevitably, when somebody hears this, it's probably going to get to somebody that says, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't know St. Christopher Fun was doing a health challenge. Can I go sign up for it? Can people still sign up for it right now? At this point, no, unfortunately. They have to have gone through the first five-day challenge to be able to participate in the rest of it. It's just the way that we've set it up. People, when they see the first couple of days, they're going to determine on whether they truly want to be involved and be engaged. It's set up, you do the first five days and then decide if they want to continue to go on to be part of the main challenge. But what we hope to do, if this one continues to be as successful as it has been so far, we would like to be able to have these at least quarterly or three times a year. That would be our goal. So if you miss this one, hopefully you can get in on another one in just a few months. Awesome. So be on the lookout. There may be another one that's coming up, but that doesn't mean that you can't follow along if you're ready to start a health journey. That can still follow along and go ahead and get some tips from what you're doing with this, correct? Absolutely. All they need to do is just join our Facebook group. It's the Driven to Be Healthy Going the Distance Challenge. And once they're in the group, they can always look on there and see what we're doing and being able to post and follow along and participate that way. Sure thing. 
Awesome. So don't go to the St. Christopher Facebook page. They're going to go to the Driven to be Healthy Going the Distance mm -hmm. Challenge page. Okay. So that's where they want to go join that group, not the St. Christopher page. Awesome. Correct. Well, I know I'm participating in the challenge and I'll have to say I've struggled a little bit this first week. Started off strong, but I've struggled a little bit <laughs> the last day or two. But I was listening to you and Hope this morning in the Facebook group. So don't give up. So I'm not going to give up. I'm going to recommit met and really make some plans over the weekend and do some prepping over the weekend to be ready to start strong on Monday. So I'm excited to finish this next month journey with everybody and see everybody's updates in the Facebook group. I have to tell you, I love the things that people are putting in there. There's things people are eating that I'm like, well, I didn't know that was out there. I'm going to have to go look for that at the store. There's great information in the group. If you just want to jump in and join us, we'd love to have you do that. And I hope and Julie, I'll just tell everybody they are so encouraging. They're so good at meeting us all where we are. Take that first step, do one positive thing today, and then tomorrow that positive thing is going to be even easier. So find something positive in every day. Find some movement in every day. They're going to talk to you about breathing and, and drivers are stressed. It's a stressful job. Even that piece is going to be very valuable. So we hope you'll join us in the group and we hope you'll stay tuned to see when our next challenge is going to happen. And good luck to everybody that's in the challenge now and thank you all for doing this and thank you for the update today. Thank you so much. I appreciate you giving me just a few minutes of airtime to be able to come on and talk about the challenge. Like I said, it's, it's something that's dear to my heart. I'm just glad to have the opportunity to speak into someone else's life a little bit and maybe make it a little better. Once again, thank you for listening to Highway to Hope on the Podwheels Network. The Highway to Hope is the official podcast of the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. If you would like to learn more about SCF or would like to make a donation to SCF, please visit the organization's website at truckersfund.org. That's truckersfund.org. We'll have more new episodes of The Highway to Hope coming your way in the near future. The Podwheels Network is proud to produce The Highway to Hope podcast in collaboration with the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. We'd like to hear from you, our listeners. Please send your questions, your comments, and your ideas for what you'd like to hear on the podcast to the following email address info at podwheelsnetwork.com. That's info at podwheelsnetwork.com. The Podwheels Network would like to thank you for connecting with us today. You can stay up to date on the latest from the Podwheels Network by downloading the Podwheels app. It's available in the Apple Store and on Google Play. Just search Podwheels in either store and download the app. As we close out this edition of the Highway to Hope podcast, the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund and the Podwheels Network send our best for your continued safe travels on our nation's highways. And especially these days, as we face the COVID-19 global pandemic, remember taking good care of your health is one of the key components to staying safe on the road and staying safe at home. So with every mile you drive and during your time at home, let's stay safe and healthy out there.